This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself. Change the world. Hello, welcome to Real Answers. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this week we are going to be talking about more about respect, how it is that you can create an environment of respect for yourself. Um, so here we are going through life, doing the many things that we do, and uh, our environment is continually factoring into how we feel. The, um, for many people, especially people who are particularly sensitive um, and um, kind of picking up on the world around them, they're going to be uh, really deeply impressed by their, um, by their environment. They're going to be influenced by their environment. And uh, when we um, work with and kind of cultivate a relationship with our environment, then we are able to um, uh, keep ourselves healthier and clearer and um, and uh, feeling better on a regular basis. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. And that's also um, what I am going to... Um, uh, um, I'm going to be having a guest um, interview today as well. And um, in that guest interview, we're going to be talking with uh, Ted Winslow. And specifically, uh, he is a musician who works with using sound to create really fabulous environments for people to be able to be more at peace, to do better healing. And um, we're going to be talking about a little bit about how that works and um, and how we can use sound in our environment to cultivate more of a healthy healing environment. Before we get to that, I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means to, uh, you know, have uh, respect both, um, you know, an re- environment that's respectful of you and also for you to create more of a respectful um, uh, relationship with your environment. So, uh, some of these things, you know, if you're a very sensitive person, then a lot of times, um, you notice and just off, you know, the little things, you notice the little things that maybe some other people don't. Um, maybe you're particularly sensitive to sounds or smells or the way people are feeling in your environment. And, um, when you are, then, um, a lot of times you start to make adjustments so that you are more comfortable. But many people, uh, either like don't have a particular type of sensitivity or they, um, 
you know, they don't have a particular type of sensitivity or they don't, uh, you know, they don't uh, really orient to their world in that particular way. And, uh, you know, as, as always, the intention is really not to create, um, another set of rules or a way of, um, you know, kind of being in your world that seems, um, overly structured or rigid. Um, it really is about, uh, nurturing and caring for you and nurturing and caring for you, um, in your environment. Uh, and, uh, that giving yourself that um, can really make a very big difference and it can really make a very big difference, um, not just for you, but for how you're feeling in your relationships, um, how you're cultivating, you know, the feelings, um, inside of what your family or whomever you're living with. And, uh, also, um, uh, can, can, um, make a considerable difference in, in how you're feeling. So think about these, some, some of these things, you know, um, think about how it is that you in general care for your environment. You know, if you happen to be, you know, home or in your office or even in your car at this particular moment in time, you can take a pause and look around you and just notice what it is that you notice. So, you know, are you seeing an environment that, um, makes you or impresses upon you in a good way? Uh, you know, are you looking at things that are, um, pleasing to you that remind you of things that are important or meaningful or have a positive feeling? Or are you looking at things that are, um, you know, messy, broken, uh, you know, um, uncleaned, um, have negative feelings connected to them? And if, if you are, you know, in whatever capacity that you are, then, um, you know, that is part of how you are developing your relationship with your environment. And, um, uh, you know, when you, um, uh, when you start attending to this, it's like any other area of your life that you start attending to. So like when you start attending to your diet, you might notice that you have more energy, you know, um, when you start attending to or that you sleep better or something like that. And when you start attending to your, um, when you start attending to your environment, you might know that and feel a little bit more peaceful or you might feel a bit more calm um, or you might not feel as um, stressed about certain things in, in your life. And, uh, and so then it becomes a matter rather than say, you know, um, needing to do something like um, a task around your home uh, and really needing to do that because like, well, you're supposed to and well, these things are supposed to get done. Um, it becomes a level of care. And I'm using the word respect right now, but it becomes a level of care um, for your environment, which is ultimately a level of care for you um, and all of the people that are are in there with you. Um, so by, by paying attention, by taking that quick survey around you, 
And just give yourself a percentage scale or, you know, I just say, you know, use a scale for one to 10 and then turn that into percentage. But, um, you know, how, if you look around you right now, how pleasing is your environment to you? How much of a positive or negative impact is it having on the way that you, you're feeling right now? And that's just a quick tune in. That's just a quick pause moment. Take a look. I'm looking around my environment right now. You know, take a look and make an assessment. How much is this environment positively impacting how I am right now? And how is it detracting from or taking away from how I am right now? And, you know, what I find is that the majority of us have are tolerating things more often than we're consciously aware of. Meaning that there's things that we're putting up with in our environment that maybe are less than optimal for us, but that we have sort of like tried to, you know, tune out in some ways. And, um, and, um, and, and, and kind of like diminish the negative effects. And it's not so much that it, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that like one thing that we see is, um, you know, is going to make or break us. It is more of the cumulative effect. It's just like going out and having that, you know, uh, luscious dessert is not going to really affect us. But if we do it three meals a day, every single day, um, then maybe that's going to affect how we feel. Um, so as we start to become attentive of our environment, attentive of what's going on around us and pay attention to how it's affecting us, then we can make some small changes that are more respectful of who we are and, and what we really need to be healthy and happy. Especially when it comes to care of our environment very often this is a loaded thing because people were taught um you know that we get taught these very strong rules about um how we are supposed to you know um you know take take care or you know whether it matters to take care of our environment um there are a lot of real strong personal biases that get built into that um, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And, um, and because of this, there's a lot of, um, compliance and resistance that people have about the way that they're relating to their environment in a similar way that people have all of their complexities in relationship to another person. People also have all of these complexities in relationship to their environment. And so, uh, you know, someone, uh, can feel, you know, um, obligated to either take care of things, um, or can feel justified in not taking care of things. And none of that is really, you know, what I'm striving to talk about today and, and, um, uh, have your attention go in the direction of today, which is, um, creating that really respectful environment. 
it's a transition. I want to mention this. This is a little bit of an aside, but um, it's an important component. When, when, when you're making a shift like this from the rules of how things are supposed to be um, into truly caring about them and being deeply respectful, it is a shift from your head um, and the, like I said, the rules to the, um, the feeling. So it's a shift from your head to being able to connect more from your, your, um, your heart from, from a deeper place inside yourself. So it isn't about, uh, you know, just like taking good care of yourself isn't about, you know, eating a rigid diet and making sure you exercise every day. Um, you know, in the same way, taking care of your environment isn't about, you know, just making sure you're checking off the boxes related to what, you know, appropriate behavior are or, you know, what a home is supposed to look like or what an office is supposed to look like. Instead, it really is about cultivating a relationship of respect. And so as you begin to respect the things in your environment and have your environment show your deep respect for yourself, there is a natural healthy dynamic that gets created that's very nourishing and very supportive. So we show that we respect our environment by, by caring for the things are in, in our, our environment. Um, and, uh, you know, we get and by cultivating environments that are healthy and beneficial for us. And we get a return on that. Um, you know, because as we care for that, as we cultivate that, we then are able to take in the benefits of the environment that we're living inside of. One of the components, so one impo- component that I talked about was care in terms of caring for things. Like taking care of things, making sure that your environment is well cared for. But the other thing is to think about around care is are the things that you have around you, um, symbolic of and holding that care? Uh, in other words, do you like the things that you have? Many of us have many things. But we don't necessarily love what we have. They're just things. One is a really uh, favorite, and I'm, I'm probably not going to get the quote absolutely um, uh, right right now, but it's a quote by Alan Watts where he says, we are not a materialistic culture. Um, because if we were a materialistic culture, we would take good care and um, of the materials that are around us, and we treat them with a lot of disrespect. And 
So by, by paying attention to that and paying attention to, you know, do I really like, are the things that I have, are they just things that I've, you know, thrown into my environment? Um, and, or are they, um, you know, uh, things that I really truly care about and that I really truly love and, um, our compulsion, um, that many of us have to surround ourselves with a lot of things doesn't always come with that level of respect or care. And we haven't even gotten into, you know, the respect and care of, you know, environmental concerns or social concerns or anything like that. But just looking at just looking at our environment and saying, do I truly love everything that's in my environment? Because if I do think about that, I give love to whatever it is that I'm looking at, that I'm perceiving, that I see that reminds me of something positive, And that is just positively reinforcing how I'm feeling on a regular basis. So sometimes when people are having, we're going to go to um, a commercial break here in, in just a moment, but sometimes when people are having a really difficult time making a personal transformation for themselves, um, one of the things that I encourage them to do is to go through their environment and remove things that are not supportive of their transformation. So remove things that stop them from moving forward. Those might be um, items that have are associated with um, strong memories of things that maybe need to be let go of, um, things in their environment that weigh them down, um, uh, give them uh, any kind of negative feeling. And by going through and clearing these things from the environment, then it is, um, it is possible to kind of like, you know, sort of juice up your environment, you know, like give, give yourself more, um, on a daily and regular basis. So, you know, it, there's a lot that can be built in here. Um, as far as how you can cultivate both more respect for your things and then because of that, more respect for your environment and then have that really come back and feed you and feed your life. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but specifically, you know, how influential I'm talking about things, but, you know, transitioning into, um, uh, sounds and how we can, you know, like, uh, how sounds and frequencies and, um, influence us and influence our state, influence our ability to heal. Um, and, uh, and what it is that we can, you know, how it is that we can incorporate more of that into our environment. So if everything has, a, you know, these things that we love or don't love, they have their own kind of energetic to them. And then another whole component of that is then bringing, you know, what are the sounds that we're hearing? You know, it's very different living in a house next to a fire department. 
um, and living at a house in, in, in the country where you're hearing the sound of birds. That would, those would just be two different environments that we find ourselves in. So we're going to talk more about this um, with an expert on this subject, um, Ted Winslow, um, after we come back from this commercial break. educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a PhD in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesiner.com. Be the change you wish to see is a phrase that gets said a lot, but the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to make the changes you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived that support you on your path of positive change. To learn more and get started, visit www.katesiner.com. This is Real Answers, and this is Dr. Kate Siner. And as I come back, I come back with Ted uh, Winslow, which is a sound, he's a sound healing researcher, producer, audio engineer, musician, singer, vocal coach, and songwriter. He has 25 years of experience in the music business. He holds a BS in music and audio engineering from the University of Colorado. Um, and in addition to his musical background, Ted runs Big Country Productions, a division of the Big Country Publishing, uh, located in Colorado. He works with in, um, organizations and clients from around the world where he produces commercials, writes music, produces videos, builds custom internet TV stations, records, and produces audio books. He's also involved in extensive sound healing research through, I'm not sure I'm going to get this right, electrophonotonic. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> testing where um, he works with the effects of sound on human the human energy field, um, which he's validated, um, which uh, has validated his trademark sound healing technologies, SoundSync tech so welcome ted well thank you so much for having me on I, f- I feel like with the topic with respect environment i was about to bust out into some aretha franklin with so tell us a little bit about how you got into this work um i got into it i've been basically playing music since i was in the sixth grade 
but it really started to come together for me when I was going through college and getting my degree, which I always have to laugh when they call it a BS, you know, the first part of the college, they call it a BS degree. (laughs) And so I was studying, you know, as a young student studying technical engineering and was also um, a studio musician. And on top of that, playing in a band who was entertaining at the time record labels back in the day. And so, um, I started realizing at that time that my higher self was starting to get me into these other frequencies. And through playing through my engineering and these music courses, it started to kind of come together and make sense. And that basically I was looking at all these frequencies as just a series of maths and numbers and, and intervals. And I kind of have to laugh because at the time, you can imagine the 80s. We remember the 80s where we all had like long hair and big uh-huh. stack amplifiers and and we're all tuning to this this tuning that's that's 440 hertz, and if I I wish I knew then what I know now because all the bands that that I know from that era have all broken up and have like about <laughs> wanted to just beat each other and, and <laughs> come off the stage and I couldn't sleep. And it's like, well, of course, because I'm playing with this tuning that this is 440 tuning and. And I'd, I'd been coming to try to talk to these guys uh, back then when I started learning more about the you know, sound healing and other frequencies saying, hey, why don't we start playing with some of these other frequencies and, and tune them? And is they're kind of like looking at me with their cigarettes dangling out of the side of their mouths going, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, so, and, and now it's like 30, 20 years later and, um, I took a spiritual journey. I looked at my wife one morning and I just felt this calling to ride as far north as I could on my motorcycle. I'm here in Colorado. So I, I took a spiritual journey of a solo motorcycle ride up to Alaska and back and hit some pretty cool sacred places along the way. And I came back. It started becoming clear that what I was doing with the corporate world and the energies and in that, that I didn't vibrate at that, that there was a different path to start to follow. And that's what led me to going on to this big musical journey that I'm on and creating sound sync tech and creating all these albums that have all these different frequencies that are changing the way that we think and we interact in our vibration. And, and, and I love it with the title of the, that we're talking about for the show today with respect in the environment that with these frequencies, you can become into harmo- harmony with our environment. And become one with it and so that we start to work together with it and respect it in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. that's about where I kind of got to with that. Um, so you mentioned the 440 frequency. So, you know, what's that all about? Where did it come from? Why is that the way that we, you know, are, are kind of doing music right now? So 440. For those who are kind of like, okay, you're just throwing out numbers, Ted. I have no idea what this is. Okay. Well, everything we do in life is going to have a frequency, which is going to have a pitch. And so 440 is going to be the pitch that I'm going to use for the scenario. So as a band, when you sit down to play with a group of musicians, we're going to tune to each other. And the standard tuning that we use in today's day and age, whether it be here in the United States, it be in Europe, um, it, it sped through there, it's, it's going to be 440. And 440, it traces back to about 1834, um, group of physicists at the, the Stuttgart conference decided to recommend this note A, uh, above 
A4, which is 440 up above middle C, is going to be the calibration for these instruments. Where it kind of takes a twist and a turn is in 1932, so to speak, Joseph Goebbels, who was the German politician for the Third Reich and the Minister of the Propaganda during that time, had gone to these seminars with everybody in Europe stating that 440 pitch is of extraordinary importance, and so we should start tuning all of this. And at that point around the world, it had cultivated through the Baroque and the Classical period. You had Vienna, Italy, United States was kind of starting to get involved into music. Germany had a bunch of good stuff coming out with music. So there were big epicenters for music at the time. And the greatest ears in the world start to tune to 440, which that that boggles my mind. How could you not hear this? So that's basically where it got to. 440, you know, and it, and it was also promoted by the Rockefeller Foundation. It's dissonant. Um, and so if you, you know, I, I sit there and I think about it that music bioenergetically affects our body chemistry and our psychoneuromology and our health. And so now we're all vibrating to this. So we hear it in all of our commercials. Um, we hear it through all of our media and it's just all this tuning that is dissonant. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of got me playing with these other two tunings. You know, I could play. So, I'll, for example, instead of 440-528, which is um, mostly known or is becoming very common because John Lennon experimented with that. Um, the rock group U2, Bono did a song in that that I believe was named after his mother. And you could play – I could play a chord in 440 and then go play a chord in 528 and it would just be like, ah, oh, it makes all the difference in the world. So that kind of got me playing with all these other frequencies and just composing all of these albums. And so Solfeggio was my first one. Again, it's all mathematical formulas that's this comes from these universal frequencies. And so in so you took that one step further. So I mean and then you started to research actually what the effects are. So you know you've explained that there's a difference, but tell us a little bit about what research your research has shown about the different effects. Okay. So some of the research that I'm doing is electrophotonic or biophotonic imaging. And I had the good fortune one day I was sitting here in my studio and working on a project, and somebody had called in and said, you need to get up to Gaim. There is this this doctor who teaches out of the University of St. Petersburg. We've got Gaim, uh, which is now Gaia TV station that's just up the road from us, not too far here. Uh, and so they got me a pass to get in there, and I got to meet one of the inventors of this biophotonic imaging system. What this does is it's able to measure our our human energy. So biophotonics in itself is going to be the convergence of photonic and life sciences. And it's a technology of generations that uses the manipulation and detection of light through the use of photons and quantum-like particles of light instead of electrons to transmit and process and store this information. So he'd heard of me through some of the stuff I was doing with technology and wanted to meet me. And kind of long story short, he likes what I had to, 
what I've been doing and how I can kind of start to use his technology, he gets together or he sends his top engineer out of St. Petersburg, Russia to Cleveland or Cincinnati, I'm sorry. And then Guyam contracts me and sends me to go meet him over there. And we started working with about 435 of these devices and calibrating them. And they use them for medical use. Um, they've used them with their, their athletes. Of course, we know what happened in the last Olympics with, you know, some of the old, to the media, which we won't go into, but they do use it and it's been, been used to, um, test the athletes to see where their energy is before and after performances. So how this, how this helps me is that I knew energetically with what I was feeling with my music and what I was playing with everybody, um, that it's, it's, you know, the benefits is reducing anxiety, heart and respiratory rates. It's been lowering blood pressure. Um, I like to tell people that, that with my music, it's one of the fastest ways we can raise our vibration because the ego is never going to resist listening to, to the music. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've, as I'm working with my clients listening to this, I can now energetically test them and I'll do a before and an after. So we'll do a bass test before they listen to my music and then those who are not familiar with my music and then I'll have them sit down and listen to a song and two songs. Um, we'll change them and I could see that the anxiety completely coming back, stress levels going away. They're showing more energy, not in like a hypertension type of energy, but their body is becoming more energy, energized. They're becoming more balanced, uh, more aligned and, and able to, to focus a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, and those who want to see it, um, I've got videos that are up on my website at tedwinslow.com and it'll show different studies. It's one of the funny examples. Do I have time to give a quick example of one of my clients? Of course. Mm-hmm. So one, one of the funny examples is that I'm trying to, I'm a musician, so I'm trying to really come from a, a, a bigger scientific aspect of working with a client instead of just sitting down playing a guitar or, or playing the piano for him. And she comes in and she's having a terrible day. And I just composed one of my albums that I want to, her to listen to one of the tracks on so that she can see how it's going to change. It was vocal toning with the angels. And the concept of that is using our voice to resonate these frequencies is going to even help that much more by bringing us, pulling us into those vibrations, into harmony. Mm-hmm. And so she's having a bad day and she doesn't want to sing. And I'm like, oh, but I really want to get the test and the basis with that. And she starts swearing into the microphone. So I test her beforehand, and she's sitting there going, I'm having a bad day. This is terrible. I hate my (laughs) boss. I hate my job. My kids are driving me nuts. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I have just blown these tests. I have, I was not expecting this at all. And just by listening to the frequencies on doing that and testing her, it instantly changed her whole body composure right away. And it was funny because then she had a release. So these energies are bringing out this release. She wasn't truly interested in singing with it, but it was it was great to see how that's able to work and pull that out and change her pretty quickly. So so when she was listening to the music, she started out being really negative and then the music <laughs> kind of started to influence her, take her hold and shift shift her system. Yeah, yeah. And she didn't want to be there, so she was already upset that she's sitting there in, in a sound booth looking at me, list, listening to music and singing, and I'm trying to force her to sing. So. Right. 
Yeah. And I think that there's that, um, you know, there's that sense that, or, you know, there might be, um, a sense for some people that they're this, um, it's like, it's only going to be influential if, you know, but I think what I hear you saying is that, you know, this music kind of regardless of how you're feeling, regardless of what state you're in, you don't necessarily have to be meditating or doing anything like that for the effects of the music to be influencing you. So you can actually uh, say maybe take um, a conflictual environment or a bad day or whatever and add some of this um, healing music uh, and uh, and shift the way that things are going. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's just, it's a frequency. It's a measure of the electricity that's distinguished by the units and hertz and the body, which is all electrical components, you know, is multiple of frequencies that we're making up and being able to change this. Also, the fact that our body is with 70% water, water can be entrained through that. So it's instantly affecting you with these frequencies. So you can go through Having a bad day with the the boss telling you didn't do this right, the kids, you know, nagging you and screaming that they don't want to eat that for dinner to the family drama that's going in where the siblings calling you up a 100 times a day because mom or dad did this. And just taking that time to harmonize yourself and bring it into a whole different frequency will just change that whole perspective of that. Great. Great. And so you, you kind of mentioned this in your last story, but, um, the, um, toning and what are, what are the healing effects that toning has for, and maybe a little brief definition of what toning is, if there are some people who aren't familiar with it. Okay. So vocal toning is basically the self healing powers that we are able to use through our voice and what that's doing by us singing is it's going to resonate through all of our chambers, you know, our body, through the bones and the mass in our in our body. And through these resonance and the frequency of the vibrating toning, we're able to restore our body back to its electromagnetic field and back to the entrainment. Uh, and that was one of the ways I started using with some of my clients that might be doing broadcasting or we have a publishing company that we run. And so we'll have some books where authors will come in to read the books. And it's a quick, easy way to open up the chakras, especially especially our throat chakras since we're using that, and to raise the vibration and raise the vibration of others as well. It helps us it's gonna help us release anger, jealousy, resentment, frustration, and all these other negative energies. Mm-hmm. It's really taking kind of the you know, what might be a denser, a more stagnant um, and what we often call like a lower energy and, um, and allowing that, you know, the, the tone is actually allowing that to, uh, you know, um, break up or move or release or whatever needs to happen so that, um, there's a greater, um, flow of energy. Um, and then it's also at a, a different, a healthier rate. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's interrelated with the subconscious mind. You know, on a, on a daily basis, we hypnotize ourselves with these repetitive phrases like, you know, I can't do this or that won't work or never get paid for what I'm worth. And through toning, especially singing with like affirmations, you can start reprogramming the way you think. Uh, I, I coach sports and I do that with some of my little athletes. Um, 
so that they because they'll come off going, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, that's incorrect. So tell me a little bit about that. So, um, you know, toning in and of itself, you know, just as the, the sound, um, has uh, a positive effect on, on people. And then, so what happens when you add, um, an intention in with that? Well, you state your intention is going to allow yourself and others to resonate right there at that same level, such as you may want to raise your vibration or be at peace, you know, peace or for a performance or get your peak performance. And that's going to help you implant that into your brain so that you're starting to work, work further with that. Um, you can, intentions, you can change the world. We're going to be able to change our health. We're going to connect with our higher beings. All these positive frequencies that we're going to be singing with the vocal toning is going to help instantly affect us. Um, feelings of fear, grief, and despair are all low vibrational frequencies. And putting those, those higher thoughts into feelings of love, joy, and gratitude, we're going to raise our vibration to a much higher level. Great. Beautiful. And so is there any difference here between, um, you know, the research that you've done on the, you know, say the frequency, you know, the switch, what did you say from 440 to five, is it 580? Um, you know, the, the changes in frequency, is there anything that you've noticed with regards to research and toning? Uh, there, they're pretty much the same. I, cause I've been focusing mo- mostly on my music and with, with the vocal toning on that. They're very similar. I wanted to, to bring in those more healing frequencies for the vocalist to be able to use so that they're not going to be stuck with dealing with the 440. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's where the, and, and the angelic frequency. So that album in particular that I did with the vocal toning, I happened to be working with a client and she was doing that for, she would be doing these seminars and traveling around, um, the country with this. And she would start doing toning. And when I brought to her, here's an easy way to, to raise the vibration of the room. We got her a pitch pipe and then she would start blowing the pitch pipe at 528 and toning. And you could just see the whole room and the whole audience start to just change that frequency. And so, yeah, it's going to it definitely raise that vibration and, and, mm-hmm. and get it. And the, the album that I did in particular on this one, uh, I did, uh, it was off of the angelic frequencies. When I started looking at those as a frequency that, you know, such as one, 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 two, 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 three, 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 and four, 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 I started having these messages come in of the angels in composing these songs of Gabriel, Michael, and so when I completed that that first album of angelic sound healing and was working with her on some of the toning aspects that she could implement into her seminars, that's when this album kind of came out and we used those frequencies so they could connect with the angels. I do have some um, other vocalist scales and intervals that are in 528 that, that are on the market too for, for those who are you know, trying to do want to pursue being a vocalist or just if they like singing for a hobby because in as a vocalist and leading the band that you're at that gives you the opportunity to really get into a better entrainment for your body and embodiment with that vocal mm-hmm. so if people want to find out more about you or more about your work how would they do that 
Okay? So to find out more about me, the best way to, to do that is to go to tedwinslow.com. Um, I have my albums are on Amazon. I have four of them that have been actually Amazon bestseller. I'm currently working on my 13th album right now. And or you can go to iTunes to pick it up on iTunes. iTunes I've had a little bit of a problem with in the aspect that they don't recognize what frequency such as theta. So I have I have SoundSync tech that on top of these frequencies I'm talking about, I incorporate theta sound healing into it as well as alphas on, on my last album. Um, so you can find me on tedwinslow.com. And the listeners that are listening, I want to give you a code that you can download one of the albums. If you just go on to my, my store and go to Angelic Sound Healing, Download that and check out, put in the code RADIO, R-A-D-I-O. It will zero out your balance. So don't put in a credit card number. It's going to be a zero balance. You can get the album for free. I like doing this because, again, the angels really came through with me. I've been blessed with what I've been able to do, and it's going to be a great way that we can be a part of a frequency revolution by raising our vibration all over so that we're getting, you know, creating harmony and respect. Awesome. That sounds really wonderful. So um, that is going to your website, um, tedwinslow.com, and then um, going to the Angelic Sound Healing um, CD, mm-hmm. and uh, then um, going ahead and putting in code radio. Is that correct? Correct. Now, don't download them all at one time because I get so many hits on that website that if I have like <laughs> 50 people downloading all these tracks at once, it will get bogged down. Try to do two or three tracks at one time. If you don't get a track on there, just go in and repeat the process. You'll get that same track back again. Don't okay. go on to iTunes because I can't do that with iTunes or Amazon. It's just going to be on tedwinslow.com. Yep. Okay. That's really fantastic. That's wonderful that, that people get a, a chance to experience that. Um, and I have one last question for you to close. So what would you say at this point in time is your favorite album? <laughs> I, ah, uh, uh, it's a hard question. I know. <laughs> I like, I like healing. I like healing with the fairies. There was, there was, each one is uniquely different. I like Healing with the Fairies. My second one would have to be Love and Gratitude, which was my next one. Oh, that's the one that's coming out next? That that one was the second one. Um, so that one's already out, but the one before that, my favorite one's probably Healing with the Fairies. I love how that album came out. What is it that you love about it? Oh, it's just something about those frequencies and, and kind of dealing with like an inner earth type of nature with it. And, uh-huh. Um, and much kind of a grounding thing. I tapped into my Celtic heritage and got to play with a little bit of the modality through those frequencies, which was, was challenging. I liked the challenge of it. So it sounds like it was challenging and intriguing and also somehow connected with you deeply. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So I want to thank you so much um, for joining me today. Uh, it's been really wonderful to have you as a guest. Um, uh, I highly recommend that everyone go to your site and um, get this uh, Angelic Sound Healing um, uh, album. And um, I look forward to speaking with you all next week on Real Answers. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. 
Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesigner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help. 